Our sermon for the week of September 10th, 2023, the 15th Sunday after Pentecost, is taken from Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 16. And the theme of our sermon is, The Church is Called to Call Out Sin. From Galatians chapter 2. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he was clearly wrong. For before some people came from James, he ate with the Gentiles. But when those people came, he drew back and separated himself, because he feared those from the circumcision group. And the rest of the Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not acting according to the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of all of them, If you, a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? We are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. We know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because no one will be justified by the works of the law. The word of the Lord. What happened in Antioch? Well, Paul opposes Peter, but, but what happened before this that led to the showdown? Peter had been dining with the Gentiles. And, and if you remember from Acts, Peter had received a vision from heaven where a sheet full of unclean animals was lowered down. God had commanded Peter to eat these animals. He wanted Peter to understand that the civil laws of the Old Testament had been fulfilled by Jesus. There was no longer such a thing as unclean food or unclean people. Because of that vision, Peter was living not in the law, but in the gospel, not being burdened from dining with these Gentiles. We assume that because he was eating with the Gentiles, he was also eating non-kosher food. But then some people from the church in Jerusalem, the church led by James, the brother of Jesus, came to Peter. And Peter got worried that word would spread of him eating with the Gentiles and he'd be viewed negatively by those in Jerusalem who were struggling to live in the gospel because they didn't want to give up their Old Testament law living. So what does he do? He disassociates from the Gentiles. He cut them off and pretended that their relationship was not as strong as it had actually been. Do you see the problems that would stem from that? Peter, who was supposed to be a leader in the church, would look like a hypocrite, trying to play both sides instead of leading boldly. The Gentile Christians in Antioch would be confused too. Were they still unclean or had Jesus fulfilled the law on their behalf? They didn't know. And those who were visiting from Jerusalem might think that there was some credence to the small group back home who thought they still needed to keep the Old Testament civil laws. Finally, Peter was sinning, refusing to live in the gospel and tying himself to the law. So Paul goes to oppose Peter and call him out for his sinful waffling and his fear of embracing and living in the gospel. Paul writes, we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because no one will be justified by the works of the law. But what does this mean for the church today? 
Are there times when we have to take on the role that Paul does here to call out sin? Why? How? And when? We first answer the why. And the answer might seem very obvious on the surface. Sin hurts people. Look at what happened in Antioch. Peter's sin had hurt the Gentiles, who were now unsure where they fit into God's kingdom. It hurt the Jewish visitors, who would have questioned if Jesus was truly enough, or if those false teachings back home actually had a point. And it hurt Peter. Sin separates from God, and this sin was separating Peter from the love and certainty of his Savior. What would have happened if this sin would have gone unchecked? Well, it certainly would have led some to misunderstandings. Many would have wondered whether they were saved by Jesus alone or by their own works. There probably would have been divisions because the truth was not held up front and center. Division among believers comes when we allow false teachings not from God to infiltrate our churches and our hearts. And ultimately, people would have suffered for eternity because they believed that Jesus was not enough, that they had to live according to their own works. Sin left unchecked can certainly destroy. Things are not all that different for us. Our sins hurt those we sin against. Those people we talk down to or mistreat, they're worse off for it. Sin also hurts those who see our sins. People watch their Christian friends, how they talk and, and how they behave. And they think, because my Christian friend is behaving this way, talking this way, it must be okay. We say a lot more about what we believe with our actions than we ever do with our words. Our sins also hurt our church's ministry. If the only Christians a person knows in their life are hypocrites, they're going to think that the church is just full of hypocrites. You can do so much more damage to your church than you think you can. But the biggest problem is that our sins hurt us. They separate us from God. When we sin, we stomp on Jesus and take for granted all that he's done for us. We're not living according to the gospel because we're not motivated by the gospel to live for Christ. Instead, we're living for ourselves. And that means we're living by ourselves. So why call out sin? Because we know where sin left unchecked leads. It leads to apathy. When we get into a pattern of sin, we grow numb to that sin. And that apathy leads to doubt. We begin to question what God has ever really done for us anyways. And that doubt leads to unbelief and that unbelief leads to hell. It seems so easy to see someone sinning to turn our heads the other way. We've all done it before. We make all kinds of excuses, but, but we know in our hearts that none of those excuses are valid. Is it loving to let someone slide down the side of the cliff into hell? Of course not. So why does the church call out sin? It doesn't want to see sinners lost. False teachings or misconceptions of God's word can damage the souls of everyone involved. The church calls out sin because the gospel reigns and anything but a Christ-centered view of life is an empty life. 
But how does this work get carried out? We see God's desire that no one should perish in hell. So what does he do? He equips and tasks his church with delivering the message of repentance. Paul writes, But when I saw that they were not acting according to the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them, If you, a Jew, live like the Gentiles and not like the Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? We are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. We know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because no one will be justified by the works of the law. Notice that Paul's direct. He doesn't shy away from the truth. Peter is living by the law and not by the gospel, and he needs to hear it. His actions are those of a hypocrite. And notice that Paul handles it in a winsome way. He's not trying to push Peter away and declare that he is eternally condemned for his sin. He's telling him that his sin is separating him from the justification that he has in Jesus. This serves as a model for how we ought to handle the erring among us too. We have to be direct. If sin is a cancer that kills, we better target that cancer with pinpoint precision. And we have to be winsome too. Remember those times that you were turned back from sin by another believer. Maybe you didn't appreciate it at first, but you did later. Are you motivated by love for the sinner and concern for their soul? Or is this part of some power trip to make you feel superior? If you think it might be a power trip, this doesn't give you the license to just not point out people's sins, to not have this conversation. It means it's time for you to repent and to recognize your own sin before going to a fellow sinner. This calling of sinners to repentance has to be the role of the church. It needs to take a place of prominence in our worship services. It needs to find a place in how we interact with each other in the primary church, our homes, in love for each other, we need to be willing to call out sin and point each other to Jesus. How does the church call out sin? It does it confidently, recognizing that it has been called by God to carry out this important task. And it does it concernedly, knowing the dangers of sin left unchecked and not wanting to see anyone fall from faith. The final question is the when. Isn't it so easy to procrastinate? We'll say we'll handle it later or wait out some sign from God that the time is right. But look at Paul. He confronts Peter the very next time he sees him. Peter means too much to Paul to let him live in sin. And notice that Paul confronts him in front of the others too. Peter had sinned publicly. The people needed to, to correctly understand that what Peter was saying with his actions was wrong. And the people needed to see that Peter was forgiven, that he was brought back. Look at another example, the prophet Nathan. He goes to confront David after David had committed adultery, tried to manipulate his friend, and finally had that friend put to death. Do you think there was little fear from Nathan? David had just killed a man who was nothing but loyal to David. Now... How would he respond to criticism? 
but David means too much to Nathan to let him continue down the road of sin. He tells David a story about a rich man who steals a poor shepherd's only sheep to cook it up and feed it to his guests. He had plenty of sheep of his own, but he didn't want to use them, so he took his neighbor's. Well, David is infuriated by this, being a shepherd himself. And he wants this man brought forward, and he wants him thrown into prison. He wants him punished. And Nathan says the hard words, You are the man. How much do the souls of other people mean to you? If a loved one got into a life-threatening car accident, wouldn't you be on your way to the hospital even before the phone call was over? If a friend was going to make some choice in their life that would ruin their life, wouldn't you be on their front doorsteps pleading and begging them not to make this harmful decision? So when does the church call out sin? It does it as soon as possible. People need to be led back to repentance. They need to be led away from depending on themselves or the sinful pleasures of this world so that they can see that they can depend on the Savior who justifies them before God in heaven. We know what a good friend is. It's someone who cares about us and has the confidence in our relationship to say the things that we don't want to hear but need to hear. These are the best of friends. Isn't God calling us to be these friends? These spouses? These parents? These children? These neighbors? Live in the gospel of Jesus Christ and point others to that freedom that comes only from the gospel. Amen.